Hello, welcome to the Alchemist Inkwell. This is your spiritual podcast for grounded people. I'm Emily. And I'm Crystalline, and we're both feeling quite grounded today. I know. <laughs> compared to the last few weeks, which is funny because we are coming up to the next eclipse in the cycle, which I'll get to talk about a little bit today, too. Yeah, I'm it's very intriguing what I was noticing this is just kind of a super funny edit out um you know how how obviously Taylor Swift's Midnight album came back you know came out very recently and like one of the sounds people are using is like um do you really want to know <laughs> where problem. I was April 29th no do you really want to know where I was April oh. 29th and I was like that's where you were like it was so perfectly timed that I thought <laughs> that that was really kind of fun because a lot of people are saying that and I was like wait a second, I think that was the middle of eclipse season. Like, is this that a was, perfect reference? Was, yeah, that was, I think it was April 29th through like May 1st, that uh -huh. wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just thought was a really cool, like, it goes with my huge theory that she's super tapped into astrology and psychic stuff and uses it. I all. would not. Yeah. I would not doubt that at all. That's hilarious to me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of fun. I was like, oh, yeah. if, you, if you're if you doing that trend, that's what you were doing during the, mm -hmm. the start of this eclipse cycle. And so yeah. it's coming back around right now, just yeah. for fun, funsies there, looking at that. In case you didn't know, you're calling yourself back to the last series of eclipses, which is now replaying at this series of eclipses, which is just lovely. And it actually is checking very much in uh, in my life. I'm not sure about yours, but oof lots of stuff coming up yeah I think so I don't know honestly it's been a weird year I'm Saturn returning though too so to me I'm like <laughs> everything is funky well, and it's, it's been a weird year for astrology too because like we have this really busy beginning of the year up until April and mm -hmm. then it got a little bit still over the summer and it was like okay we still have stuff going on but wow we can breathe and now it's just slamming again and mostly it's um, like leftovers from 2021 things that are just coming back together a little bit more before they finally separate. And we're yeah. doing this whole thing where we're over it, but we have to do the last bit of work before we can finally move on. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, as someone who also has critical placements at these degrees that Saturn and Pluto and Uranus and everybody at play in the eclipse this week, by the way, um, are impacting it's just been an awful lot. Like, and I feel so sorry for, I don't feel sorry for, I mean, like we're in this together, but uh, my poor mom, I was her Saturn return. And one of the major things that's happening right now is happening to my Saturn, which means it's happening to her Saturn, which means we're going through this together. So she and I are just texting each other constantly. Like, can I crawl under a rock yet? Can, can, can the, like, she calls it the barrage. Can the barrage stop? Because it's the thing after thing after thing after thing right now. And I, like, I can see it in astrology, but I can't stop it. <laughs> fair. Yeah. Very, very so, fair. Yeah, you know what? My mom also had me at 30. So I guess I was part of her Saturn return too. I think it was at the very tail end of it though. Yeah. So that means that she's going through her Saturn return right now as well. Her second Saturn mm -hmm. return. So she maybe is. check in on her. <laughs> oh yeah. No, we've um checking in. This yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice though. Like that's nothing bonds a mother and a daughter, like experiencing Saturn returning things together. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure she was a nighttime baby though. So she's having it way worse than I am. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Because Saturn will be a jerk in that yeah. case I will say and just talking about the energy of this week in general it is finally like like a little bit of a deep breath it's, I'm okay with the eclipse coming up like let's let it move on and then we can kind of like just this weird sticky we're all stuck in tar even though the world is moving mm -hmm. stuff around us feeling that we were going through like for the last month and a half and I know there's astrology components so you're gonna tell me what it was I know but um it's finally like dissipating <laughs> And I am so thankful for that, like little bit of relaxation and inspiration. And it's like all this stuff that you transmuted during that time, you now know what to do with, at least in like a little sense, you might not be able to act on it, but you know what to do with it. And I appreciate at least that knowledge or at least that understanding of like, okay, stuff is at least moving kind of mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. It is nice that, um, certain planets are actually moving now where they weren't for a very, very long time. 
that mm -hmm. would be Saturn and Pluto for the most part. Um, Jupiter will be stationing direct. Jupiter is also now in Pisces, which is some of that like refreshing feeling that you might be picking up on um, because mm -hmm. Jupiter does rule Pisces coming back into there, even though he's retrograde, he's still at home. So it's yeah. like, you know, you're staying home from school you're sick but you're at home on your own couch and there's that you know you can watch prices right and have chicken noodle soup um because that was like my whole life when that happened but but what's going to happen is um jupiter will actually station direct which is what i'm looking forward to because direct jupiter in pisces is even better still slow but we'll take it <laughs> yeah i mean sure it definitely can it does feel better though like i can feel yeah. it distinctly yeah well and that that saturn uranus square that's been a pain since 2021 It's finally separating now. Like it came back really close together and now it's finally like separating and it's gonna stay separate. So that's super Good. great. I could go for some like separate with that. Yeah. <laughs> it can be separate. I'm content. Let's, let's yeah. have it be separate. Thank you. Let's not um, have it for a good long time ever again. Right? For instance. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, Chris and I, our patrons voted on basically two episode topics. Um, one was the Hocus Pocus 2 review, which we did obviously last week. And then one was, we kind of called it like a spooky story time. We understand that this episode is now after Halloween, but it is still during this like start of, you know, Scorpio season. And we are still kind of very immersed in this like thin veil energy. And so we just wanted to share with you all um, some of our fun, like, we don't want to call them spooky necessarily because they're not yeah. spooky. That being said, if the person experiencing them was not super tuned into their psychic abilities, then they could feel very spooky and scary. So that is kind of what we wanted to highlight. I think more than anything is like, Hey, the more you wake up, the more you access these things, the more you tune in, the less spooky and scary these experiences are. And the more just like, Oh, that happened. Things get. Um, yeah. And so we have some fun story times of, from our whole lives, basically for many, many years of, um, stuff that we've gone through with our guides or with spirits or with energy we want to share that all with you um real quick though just going to plug it in if you want to vote on next week's topics or the weeks after that topics please join our patreon we have multiple different tiers and in there you can vote on the topics you also get to ask questions um in one of the tiers that we will answer at the end of the episode um we have a cool question answered today also it is our bookend episodes so we're going to give you some fun book recommendations or at least book thoughts yeah we're getting a episode. lot done in this episode so many yeah. story things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, very much so. Also, real quick, other plug. If you want to write fiction books that do change the yeah. world, that is what we are all about. We have two fun things going on. We do have the International Ireland Retreat, which you can come with us and write books as we travel across Ireland. We're very excited about that. Um, there is a couple spaces left, not very many. I think four, mm -hmm. I think, Something like total. That. Um, so if you want to join us, hop on that. There is payment plans. It's really flexible. All the information is located through the links in either of our bios. It should be under this video or um, if you're watching on YouTube, or you can just quite literally search Trova Trip, Emily Dexter, Crystal Invitovich, um, and it should pop up via Google search yeah. as well. Um, yeah. And um, I know a, a big question we've gotten is like, at what point in your book do you have to be? If you have an idea for a book, you can come along. If you've right. written a book, you can come along. If you are writing a book, you can literally any phase in the book process, you can come along because this is about inspiration and learning like lifestyle of writer. So if you have just a concept of, I would like to write, especially when it, when it comes to fiction, and I want to write in a way that's going to also be a healing modality, come along. We're there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, even if that writing involves you channeling into your past versions of yourself or channeling into your character, like we're really teaching you how to channel and access the forces out there that will influence your story. Um, and then we're going to do some fun story structure stuff and figure out how to pitch stories. And we're doing tons of really interesting things as well as talking about publishing and next steps processes and all of that stuff while we travel across Ireland and do all yeah. these really magical, fun things um, mm -hmm. together, which is just fantastic. It's going to be definitely an experience of a lifetime i will tell you that mm -hmm. we're excited um the yeah. other part of that is our pitches are now officially open for the forgotten storytellers um go to forgottenstorytellers.com or ninthhousepub.com and you can go there and um pitch your story idea to write the book with us over the next uh basically four months not the next mm -hmm. we start in january but 
four months. Um, during that four months, by the end of it, you will have a completed first draft of your fiction novel. Um, plus we are doing, we do a writing retreat that is not out of the country that's <laughs> connected yeah. with that one. Um, that is very specific just to that cohort. You get tons of instruction from us. We teach you everything from how to take an idea to a book and what to do after you have written your first draft of your book, all with a group of contemporary authors to you, like together. Basically what we're doing is we're re we recreate with every cohort, the J.R.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis um, sort of group of yeah, authors sort of thing. Exactly. That is, that's what we do. So we would love to have you in it. Even if you just have an idea or you've always wanted to write a book and you have a couple ideas and you're like, I'll throw in a couple ideas by all means, please do. Basically, then we go through the ideas. We see which ones are aligned. We reach out to you to have a meeting and then we see if it's aligned with both of us and we move forward from there. Mm -hmm. So that's how the program works. The whole outline of the program, everything we do also on our website. So ForgottenStorytellers.com. Um, please pitch us. We want you in our cohorts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we have so much fun with this program. We cannot tell you enough. It's um, literally the best thing in my life. I love these these programs. Oh my gosh. We have a blast. It's great. Okay, cool. So those are yes. our housekeeping items. Let's talk about spooky stories. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, oh my gosh, I've got, of course, I've got several. Um, would you like, would you like me to kick it off? Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, you kick it off. Okay. Do it. Um, so I'll start off with one that was like, it's kind of creepy, um, but it's not that creepy. It was back when I was like, my main thing was doing gallery readings. And I might've mentioned this before, but um, as a psychic medium, I was really a hit in the like suburban outside of Philadelphia area for a while where for some reason, like every weekend, even though it's like a two hour drive every weekend, I was going down for somebody's party and doing gallery readings and like they would do potlucks. So I would show up and everybody had brought a dish of something and then everybody would like eat a little bit, mingle a little bit, sit down and I would do a gallery reading. And it would, it was mostly like, I would see who I was drawn to and just go with that. And this one time I was at a house and I was the first couple of times I was nervous because you always have the, well, what if nobody shows up or what if I get stuff wrong? And now I'm right in front of someone. Um, the first one was the coolest. And I think was my guides and God's way of saying, Hey, this is something you're doing right now. Just go with it. You don't have to prepare, which is kind of neat. Um, we were talking to this one woman I was drawn to for some kind of a, a masculine energy that was coming through. And as we were talking, I pointed at the clock and I was like, there's something about that clock that's really important. And at that moment, the clock was not correct. So it wasn't the right time of night or anything. It just went off. It started ringing. And the woman said, well, that's not supposed to happen. That clock is turned off. <laughs> so it was actually her husband coming through he really liked the clock and it was his way of saying like, I'm around still and I can make the clock go off whenever I need you to know about it. So that was a really cool, one of my first experiences of just like spirits having my back <laughs> in a situation, uh -huh. like where you really get the, the idea that they are in that room with you. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great one. Mm -hmm. um, and that again, could be really spooky if you did what's going on you'd be like what yeah. is happening half the room half the room jumped and the rest of us were like oh that's really funny I love that um yeah so whenever I if I've told any of you on a reading to ask your guides for validation that is what I mean do that <laughs> like it can stuff like that will definitely happen I was just noticing some like weird trash on my desk which is very weird why is it there don't like oh, that. Speaking anyway. of validation. <laughs> right. I was like, what is going on? It was funky. Um, beside the point. Also, my tower has fallen over of my crystals. What is happening? We're Sorry, I just had looked at my right before us. You no, know, I just looked at my desk and I was like, wait a second. That's not right. Anyway, I need to get a new desk beside the point. Um <laughs> Uh, anyway, so ooh, I have so many, but um, I'm gonna talk about when I was not open to my psychic abilities and some spooky spirit stuff that happened that I kind of circled back around and like was able to connect with later on and some of this I might have said on here before I know I said it on lives before but just to touch on it um so when I was really shut down as like a high schooler because I was terrified of my own abilities because I had seen ghosts and spirits and guides since the time I was itty bitty I realized it was weird tried to shut it down 
didn't work just makes you scared of it um basically it's so true <laughs> yeah it doesn't actually work you never actually cut it off you just get really terrified of whatever anything happens even if it's just a ghost be like hi like oh my god i'm gonna die um so i was incredibly terrified of being in my room alone at night um and i was like 17 so this is not normal for a 17 year old and i'm like terrified i would always sleep mm -hmm. with my light on but my light always ended up being what freaked me out the most because it was a touch lamp it was my grandma's and all the time i would come home and that light was on and no one had been home all day all the time constantly and my mom was like it was grandma reaching out to you and i was always like no it's not that's not what's <laughs> happening my grandma is a very sweet wonderful woman but she's not that corporeal she doesn't have that like attachment right so like i was always like no it's a spirit coming here and like touching this like this is a problem for me so one night I was absolutely, you know, like battling this energy of like, okay, I'll be fine. I'll go to sleep. So I fell asleep already having like a lot of anxiety that something was in my room. And I used to sleep with the covers entirely over my head with just my nose and mouth showing just to like protect myself. And I still do that out of habit a lot of the time now. It's not to protect myself anymore, but that's what it felt like for protection. Um, and I remember I was having a terrifying dream and it was a very, very real dream as in you there's some dreams where you're like this feels real but i you know when you wake up you're like oh it's definitely a dream and then there's some dreams where you're like what the fuck astral realm was i just in like this just mm -hmm. was some other level and it was one of those and it was very scary um and all of a sudden i feel myself being shaken like physically shaken and i like open my eyes and i'm being shaken like my body is literally like shaking and i was like what the heck and it wasn't sleep paralysis like i'm moving and i look over and a hand like moves the covers up to go around my stomach and it's like to give me a hug it was genuinely what it was but i could see the full outline of the hand underneath the covers like moving the covers and i screamed bloody murder in the middle of the night and from that night on i had my mom sleep with me um in bed for the entirety of my senior year of high school so that mm -hmm. is <laughs> my mom slept in bed with me because i was yeah. that scared um except for the nights where my sister was jealous and so she got my mom to sleep in bed with her fine um <laughs> But it was so terrifying. And then later on, um, it was my guide hope. She's always been my protector, especially in the dream realm. And she was waking me up like very on purpose. Um, and it's, but it just at the time I was like, this is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Oh my God. Like they never touch me. Usually the spirits don't leave, like don't physically touch me. And this one touched me because she was my guide and it was a whole different story. Side note of that, recently I was like annoyed with her because she hadn't messed with physical reality very much recently. And I, I shared this on TikTok, but not a lot of people saw because I'm like weirdly shadow banned right now. It doesn't matter. Um, but I was like, all right, I, I miss when you interacted with reality more because she used to like, she's turned off my DVD player to talk to me and turned it back on for me. Like she's done all sorts of different stuff. Um, and I was like, why don't you do that anymore? And of course her answer was like, because you don't need me to do it for validation. I was like, I don't care. Like I was being a brat um so I sit down and I'm literally about to take a sip of coffee the other morning like it is to my lips and she knocks a bunch of books off my bookshelf and it startled me so bad I spilled coffee on myself and I was like and she was like better fine fair <laughs> I won't ask you again Ugh. Um, what do you yeah. wish for she yeah she's very corporeal in that way um but if I had not been aware I would have been freaked out mm-hmm of what was going on so yeah. yeah that's part of the benefits of your spiritual awakening yeah all right well, and another one. next story yeah well it makes me think of um so i used to sleep with my lights on or a tv on or i would just sleep in the living room i spent most of my time when i was living at home in the living room on the couch with the tv on and the lights on and like that way if i needed to run i could get to somebody really fast um because if i tried to sleep in in my room on my own i would close my eyes. And all of a sudden, one of the ways that I, I see things is if I close my eyes, I'll see the room, but I'll see where the other things are in the room that don't show up with physical gaze. Right. And so I can be facing away from my door or whatever. And th this actually, the first time it happened was I was awake. I was writing a book at my desk. And all of a sudden, I always had this bad feeling about the room that we called the den in my house. I hated it. I was like, I'm not going to go in there. I won't, I won't do it. Cause that's where the bad things are. I don't know what the bad things are, but they're in there. And it was supposed to be like a playroom, but I wouldn't go in. And it was right across the hall from my bedroom. And I was writing and I was in the middle of like this really great scene. I was having a good time feeling really good about myself for once, not feeling afraid in my room. And all of a sudden out of the den 
this child-sized, um, shadowy but furry kind of figure comes scampering across the hallway and just jumps right next to me. Like here I am, but it was like it was it was not something I wanted to see. And by this point, no, I've been so no, you don't. yeah, yeah. And I, I I was so like used to things bugging me at that point that I was just like, you know what? No. And I grabbed my laptop and I went downstairs and I sat with my dad and watched probably Ghost Hunters because we always watched stuff like that, which only made it worse when I tried to go to bed later because I would see faces. So another thing that would happen in the den and there was this whole spell of my life where this happened and I couldn't figure out why, but it was because I was setting boundaries with like spiritual stuff. There would be times when I would try to fall asleep or I would just be sitting there in the dark. And if I was in the dark, I could still see stuff with my eyes because same difference. And I would see these faces, but they would be in agony or gasping or whatever. And I was like, okay, that's not great. And then the next day I would hear that somebody not close to me, but somebody close to someone I was close with passed and they would fit to the description. And of course, I couldn't figure out who was going to be the next person that would have someone close to them who was going to pass. So I kept having these experiences. I literally went to my preacher about this because it was something that bugged me so much and made me really scared. Because every time I would close my eyes and see a face, it's like, well, someone's going to die and I can't do a darn thing about it. And that to me was where the boundary was. If I can't do something about it, don't show me. Mm -hmm. There's no point in me knowing if I can't help, if I'm helpful, show me, move me, like get me where I need to be. I will Mm -hmm. do my best. But if you're just doing this to be, you know, like, Ooh, look, you have abilities noted. I always think it's like spite, like, Oh, you can see me, but you can't do anything. And I was like, fuck you. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. I do not need to be like having anxiety over three degrees of separation that I can't Mm -hmm. help with. You know, and it, it wasn't like it was even preparing me to help console the person or anything like that. And it was just unfair. And mm-hmm. so I set the boundary. It's like, if I can't do something to affect it or be a positive influence on this situation, I don't need to know. Yeah. And you can, you can tell me if other, if I'm wrong, like I'm open to being wrong, but no one ever did. Nothing ever came through and said, Hey, this is why we showed you it stopped which was good. I actually, for a while, slept with like a Bible under my, not under my pillow pillow, but like under my stack of pillows. So that Mm -hmm. if something came into my room, I would just distract myself, like reading a a Bible verse that I would use as a spell, which turns out is Brotherai anyway. (laughs) Um, But younger me picked up on that pretty fast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, my house, so I had two houses growing up the tahoe house was definitely very spiritually active it was an old cabin very old cabin in a very old neighborhood um on on the lake and there was a lot of like ancestral energy and stuff like that um in there so lots of nature spirits lots of energy in that sort of way and then the gardnerville house was actually very almost like spiritually quiet which almost freaked me out more because i was so used to having so much spiritual energy around all the time I luckily didn't see faces like you did, but mm-hmm. I couldn't the same thing, close my eyes, be like, oh, there's someone there. Like there's someone in that corner over that space. Like there's someone in this space. Um, there is, this is kind of a spooky story, mostly just because the location right next to my ta- house um, in Tahoe. So where I, I grew up, we didn't even have TV when I grew up. So we just played outside constantly. We were on the beach. We were next to this huge mountain. It was like you had free reign of this circle of neighborhood that we had and that was the only neighborhood for like very many kind of miles around so you just could play and there was just you know a couple of kids in our neighborhood and us and we just played outside constantly all the time um so we would go exploring and there was it's literally called round hill that's the name of it um but at the base of round hill there's a series of old cabins we're talking like out of use boarded up old cabins um and it's actually at, there was one cabin at the very back and it was like looked more recently like upkept it had electricity where the other ones don't um at all like there's even like a chicken coop there that was like caving in for a long time till it finally like caved in it was big um and it used to be an old cowboy camp basically it's right on the pony express trail and so they would stop there and sleep the night and then they would leave and there was that one big cabin and so come to find out now that i'm older that was actually the shooting location for the movie misery mm. with kathy bates 
that's actually where they shot it is in that cabin that I've broken into many times. Um, <laughs> um, but it was a very spiritually active presence with old cowboys. And so we would break in to these cabins just to like explore and see what we'd find. We'd find old bottles and just really interesting stuff. And there was one time I was doing it and I definitely wasn't supposed to be doing it, but it was me and a friend and we'd like broken in there and like I stood inside this one house and I will never forget it because I've been in this house again and nothing happened, but it was a little tiny house and it was like bathroom straight in front of us and then a bedroom and a bedroom on each side. And that was the entire little cabin, just a bunkhouse. And I looked in and I looked in the bathroom and there was definitely like a face silhouette in the mirror of the bathroom. So it was like behind me and I like freaked out and turned around and I was like, okay, there's nothing there. It was just my head, whatever. Um, you know, which was always my excuse when I could actually see things. And then I turned around and looked in the bedroom and it's like a shadow walked past. And then I felt a whoosh of air, like pushing me backwards, like out of the space. And I'm like, cool. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. No more for me in this cabin. Thank you. And of course, the people I was with, I was like in middle school at the time. They're like, oh, come on. It's fine. Like going in. I was like, mm -mm, you do you. You go into the creepy cabin. Enjoy yourself. And like the person, he was definitely a dude, Um, like that ghost didn't care that I was in. The, like, I don't think he really was like ne negative or anything like that. I think it was more like, this is my personal space piece. Like, go away. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not supposed to be in here kind of energy. I also think there was probably like, you know squirrel poop everywhere i mean it was not a healthy environment too so i think there was an element of like no go on out like leave this place please um that would come up had a bit. so yeah, yeah that one was terrifying um and i didn't find out till later that it was a shooting location of the movie misery and when i watched misery i was like holy shit it is like that's the this part of this that part of so it's just kind of funny <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i was in uh scotland now i will say especially for people who are traveling to ireland with us Spirit stuff is a lot over there. Um, I, I've, I was in Scotland once and we were right next to Loch Ness and we were, it's this monastery that's been converted to a really nice hotel kind of space. It's gorgeous. And it was like July-ish or some kind of later time of the year because it was light until 11. So it was actually, yeah, probably around July. It was light until 11 PM because Scotland and it was way up there. And so I loved that because I didn't like the dark for the longest time. But the problem was I was sleeping in this, it had turned into a living room kitchen. I don't know what it was before, but as I was trying to sleep, all mm -hmm. these monks start walking around and they're like chattering about us being there and all of this stuff. And like right outside the window was a cemetery for the monastery. So like, great. Um, and tons of water. So, you know, it's a charged up area and mm -hmm. all night long, I didn't get to sleep at all. Not because they were bothering me like some of them would look at me really weird like it was a curiosity to have us there but also they were just so everywhere I could not fall asleep because it was like the chatter was so loud the entire next day my whole family just had to deal with me being very like sleep deprived but by then they knew me so well they got it like nobody picked on me which was really great but I was kept up literally all night by monks <laughs> I love that. I think that's so yeah. sweet too, that they were just like doing their own business. And like, yeah, hmm, you're there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just hard for me to sleep because it was distracting. Of course, when I closed my eyes, it would be sharper. So I just didn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're just like, fine, I'll just sit here. Yep. I got to watch the sun go down and then I got to watch it come back up again. And it wasn't very many hours between, which was really cool. Like a neat experience. Yeah. Um, so where I live uh, is Washoe native land um, and the Washoe tribe were very active here. I live um, right, right now where I'm sitting I, in maybe a 15 minute walk. I can get to the last grave of a native person buried on federal land ever. It's right there. Um, just a small little headstone, very like moderate little fencing. And that's about it. If you don't know what's there, you're never going to see it. Um kind of thing but it's just interesting so it's a very active land and there's an archaeological site right where i used to um guide horseback riding tours for um native burials etc sort of space and one time this was after hours and we had taken the ponies out me and a couple of my other guide friends um and there was wine and <laughs> so we were like you know drinking and riding horses and we kind of lost track of time and it was getting very much darker than we anticipated and it's not super fun to ride horses in the dark in the mountains um be 
because, well, many different reasons, but big cats become a problem at that point where we get very nervous about that. Uh, coyotes don't give a shit about the horses. They'll just like walk alongside and be like, what are you doing? They don't really care at all. Um, bears tend to just like lumber out of the way because you're bigger than them. Big cats become a problem. Um, so we're like, oh no, there was three of us. And we're like, we need to get back like right now. But we had to like go up and over these like couple hills to like get back to the, to the stable. Um, and so you can't like run that. Like you can't, it's not going to work you have to like walk it right um and so we're walking up and we get to the top of this hill and we're like looking kind of down and all of a sudden we hear very distinct and they're not psychically in tune to people like at all and they're like are there people chanting near like is the campground like are there people like walking around the campground like chanting and i'm like looking around and there's very distinct shadows like walking next to us i'm like nope that's not what's happening we need to go like we need to go where we're we need to leave um mostly out of respect is how i felt is like mm -hmm. we're not supposed to be out here right now no one's supposed to be out here right here no one ever is out here right now and all of a sudden now we are and this is not great the horses were starting to spook the horses were hearing it too um and so we like get over <laughs> the the hill and it's like really starting to get dark and we're like almost back to the thing. And the person in front of me is like, oh my gosh, someone just walked in front of us. Like they like pulled their horse to a stop thing. They were going to run into a person that very much was not there. Um, and I'm like, it's fine. We're all good. We, Cause I can actually distinctly see them very clearly. And like, they weren't mad. They weren't anything. They were just like very inquisitive and curious, but you're spooking my horses. That's not mm -hmm. fun for anyone. Um, the horses were not happy. <laughs> and so we were like, pushing them to get back as soon as possible so that we could get back and never had any trouble with any sort of spirits, anything during the daytime. But it was just the fact that we were out there when we really shouldn't have been out there. No one's supposed to be out there that late. It's also really close to where the Ren Fair used to be held. And so it, they stopped holding the Ren Fair out there a couple of years ago because of like tree stuff. And um, now I think that was like part of also that like inquisitiveness of like, this is the wrong time of year. Like, what are you doing? Like there was just <laughs> energy of that. Um, but pay attention to your animals in those situations yeah. if your animals are freaking out yes <laughs> yeah that's so true I used to um I would do when I do healing on people um my dog Bailey who unfortunately passed away in 2020 and I got to be with him uh during that I was actually communicating to him as it was all happening um so that I could help everybody else understand and whatever which was another cool story I get involved in a lot of transition stories like that um but he would jump up on the table when I was working with someone and he would like lay at their feet and, and be like a weight on their legs as I was working with their energy and animals get it. Like my, my current dogs, Jack and Zelda, if I were to be working with someone, they would just bark. They're not chill about it, but they recognize no. it. And then they like alert Bailey was chill. He was like a really cool, I would, I would put him close to being like a familiar. He helped the process. Mm -hmm. It was really cool animals pay attention they get it mm -hmm. yeah. yeah do you have one or two final stories and then i'll do <sighs> mine and then some, some questions here do some yeah. bookend stuff yeah um so speaking of like psychopomp which is such a great word right um the one i i've been involved like i said in several people's transitions but the one that's the coolest is my own grandmother who passed away in 2021 um and it's the coolest because she, so the, the sequence of events was that my grandfather passed away of cancer and at his funeral, she contracted COVID. And so she ended up in the hospital, not really with it. So like the last time I saw her, we weren't able to really connect very well, uh, but it was all right. Like we had had a really great like time together in life. So there was no like unfinished business or anything, but it was just sad watching her be unresponsive and stuck in the hospital and you know the whole family was just really dressed over this like it really just weighed especially on my mom and yeah. so I was working with my astrology at the time because my astrology that year had highlighted that I might lose some people on my family so I was already prepared that there mm -hmm. might be some transitions um and so I was looking at the transits and I was like okay well let me just prepare myself so that I can accept it and be there to kind of hold anybody if it happens. And I said, if it's going to happen this week, it'll probably be on this day based on the transits. That day arrives and my mom calls me and she said, can you just ask God what we're supposed to do? Because I don't understand. Like, I don't know why this is still continuing. And I said, well, what I can do 
is I can ask what we're supposed to understand from it because I am not in control, right? I right. can't will will or won't anything. So I, um, I meditated. And the next thing I know, I'm in a room I've never been in before. So I start taking notes. This is like my favorite thing to tell people. Is like, if you're in a space that you don't recognize, start taking notes about the space because you'll be able to confirm it with someone later. So there was like a window and a courtyard and a brick wall. So it was like a corner of the interior of a courtyard or something. And I look over and there's a hospital bed and my grandmother's in it but she's also standing next to it. And when you're in that space, I think Emily, you probably relate, like you're, you're not like concerned about worldly things. So my first reaction was like, Hey, what are you doing over there? And my poor grandmother was saying, you know, I can't go. I can't go. And I said, well, why can't you go? What's, what's holding you back? If you want to go, why not? And she said, Oh, I, I didn't love people well enough. People don't know that I cared all this stuff about, you know, pretty much religious trauma, if I were to trace it back to something. And so I, I remember stepping up to her and saying, okay, but that's not how this works. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to go with you? And me in that space, no qualms and, and no thoughts in my mind. Reflecting back on it, I was like, do you want me to go with you? Are you kidding? Like commentary would normally be, do not go with someone to the light. Um, but what I did was I started walking with her and about halfway to wherever we were going, I felt her start pulling back. And I said, okay, well, if we're supposed to still go, then I'm going to need some help. And I've been very clear before that I work with the energy of Jesus a lot. So especially in this situation where he is also very important to my grandmother, he came forward and took her hands and then started walking with her. And it was very clear, like I needed to stay where I was. And so they just walked off and there was light and there was like all of these symbolic things that made it very clear that something positive was happening. And so I came out of the meditation and I'm trying to sit around my room uh, in my house. Like I'm going to go make a protein shake. I'm going to do this. And then all I can hear is you need to go talk to your mom. You need to go talk to your mom. You need to go talk to your mom. And I knew where she was. I knew what she was doing. So I went and I brought her a coffee and I walked into this room where she was having a meeting and she gave me this double take that I will never be able to forget. And fortunately, I had also looked at the time that this happened. Mm -hmm. And when I got to have a moment alone with my mom, she said, ma'am's gone. And I said, my first words were, I know I, I was with her. I took her, <laughs> like I went with her. And so then um, I got to go through this whole process of calling everybody in the family and letting them know what she had said. And then mm -hmm. having that closure for her, hopefully with her of them all understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the, the biggest honor I've ever had using these abilities. Oh, that's beautiful. I appreciate that a lot. I know I've heard that. I was around when that's kind of happening, you know, when we were working together. So I've yeah. heard it first person. But it's just such a beautiful experience and appreciate that energy so much. Um, let's see. Okay. So I was deciding between two stories of which ones mm -hmm. to tell. Um, mine is also going to be kind of a loved one passing story sort of I guess is what I'll, I'll touch on um when I was a junior in high school I was on the swim team and um it was I have a whole theory about the energy of that high school in the area that I was living in at the time I'm very certain it's cursed I don't throw that around lightly I don't believe in curses most of the time mm. I'm 99% sure that this place is cursed the amount of children who die in this high school every year is astronomical it is completely disproportionate to stats anywhere else. It's very odd. Um, but we had already had a friend on the swim team specifically die that February. And then in at the start of April, um, during a swim meet, another friend had a heart attack in the pool. And she had to get rushed. Yeah, it was literally three months apart. It was awful. Really, really horrible. Um, and she had to get rushed to the ICU. And she was in a medically induced coma, um, which she did end up passing about two weeks later um but anyway it was very bad and very traumatic um for everyone involved we were there the pool um but I was you know a kid trying to cope with like okay she's in the hospital like how does this work um and I two days before she passed I had a dream and I don't usually do a lot of dream work. I will do dream work where I will do astral stuff and do some astral work in dreams. But as far as like mediumship stuff, I don't 
have a lot of that. I've only had it happen a couple different times because that's not, I want to be really conscious for it. I want to be able to write stuff down for it. Like, especially now as I'm very in tune with my abilities, like I'd rather just like, just come talk to me. Like, like let's just hang out. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do it in dream space. Um, but I had a dream and she showed up in the dream and I'll never forget it ever because she like was like standing in the dream and she like looks at me and she smiles. And I was like, hello. Um, and she like led me up this flight of stairs and she like, we walk into the room um, and she climbs into the hospital bed. And I was like, yeah, you're in the hospital. I know. Um, and she was like, yep. And that was basically all that she said. And then she was just kind of like, see you next time. And like, kind of like waved and like got out of the bed. And then she was like, oh, and by the way, she turned around and then I was in the bed and I was like having a kid and I woke up freaking the fuck out. Like I was not okay. I was like, what is going on? This is terrifying. Um, like I was good to see her like, and talk to her. Cause she was again, metal in a medically induced coma at that point for like two weeks. We didn't know if she was going to wake up. We didn't know what was going on. And so it was good to see her, but I was like, why was I was in bed having a baby? That makes no sense. It's super weird. Um, and then the next day we drove out to visit her because she was pulled out of the coma. And then the day after that, she passed away. Mm-hmm. So I was the only one who got to say goodbye because even when she was pulled out of the coma, she couldn't speak at all. She We couldn't see her really any at all. We could just kind of see her when she was sleeping and say like, love you malls and like leave. Um, so I was the only one who got to say goodbye. Like she literally said that she was leaving to me and she was going to see me next time in the dream. And I was like, okay, like that was interesting. Not off brand. Like even at the time I was like, cool just add it to the list of scary stuff that's happened to me <laughs> like, check just another um, day the next year I had a baby and I realized that was what she was telling me is like hey by the way stuff is going to absolutely shift for you like this is the start of a big thing and it was I basically started dating my ex three or four weeks after that and we dated all that next year and then I you know had a baby, et cetera. Um, but looking back on it, I was like, oh my God, she like warned me about everything. She warned me she was going to pass. She warned me I was going to have a kid and that I needed to get ready for it. Um, yeah. So in the dream space, which was also very interesting and it was cool. I got to say goodbye to her, which was neat. Yeah. That's an amazing story. Yeah. It was very interesting. Yeah. And again, at the time I was like, just more scary things, just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff from like high school space because I was afraid of everything. So it was still happening, but I was observing it through a fear lens. And when you observe it through a fear lens, you remember it a lot more. So like there's stories of, you know, being out in the meadow and like seeing stuff come out of the sky, like all sorts of very interesting stuff mm-hmm. that are just in me because I was so afraid of them oh, at yeah. the time. Yeah. I, when you know? I was a kid, like one last little thing, just because you made me think yeah. of it. I used to see a face in the corner of my room, like mm-hmm. eyes open, whatever. And I called it the witch. Um, I still am not entirely sure who it was. I think it might've been my white grandma, but it would talk to me at night, like totally fine, but a little bit sassy, which might be why my grandma, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I would always see it. And I would, it would just be a face in the corner of my room talking to me. And I would tell my parents about it all the time. And they're like, well, that's strange. (laughs) And eventually it stopped happening. But that was one of the things in childhood where it's like, you scare me, but you're also nice. So there's that. Yeah. yeah, childhood has some crazy things to it when you actually think back. Yeah, as far as times too, where like now that I'm like super connected with my abilities and stuff, it's very hard for a spirit to like scare me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it happens on occasion, and just really quick, one time when I can think of, I will say more often than not, I might get like jump scared, like surprised, like whoa, didn't see you there. The same way I would if my kid was hiding behind a door, like same sort of mm-hmm. energy that happens but like actually like whoa I need to have my guides handle this and put myself in a box and just witness because I'm not connected powerfully enough for this one only like once or twice I think that's ever happened to me since I've been super tuned in um and just one really quick one time this particular spirit was first of all it was definitely a portal sort of situation like very traumatic stuff happened in in that house and it had opened up some really negative stuff like a long time ago. And so everyone who moved in there moved out really quickly. Like there was a long history of them moving out really quickly because yeah, scary, scary mm-hmm. stuff was happening. So my friend moved in and was like, what is ha- what I see dark things in the corners. Like my son won't go near his closet. Like what is happening? And I was like, well, let me see. So we cleared out some of the minor stuff, but I couldn't really, I was like, there's big stuff there that like I need to figure out, like it's going to take me some time. Then the thing started talking through her Amazon like stick 
and like typing in messages into the actual like search bar when you're like searching on like for a tv program it would type in creepy horrible things and she was like i took the batteries out of my remote i can't even do this like there, there's no physical way to make this happen right now and it's happening um and that was one where i was like cool my guides are handling this like i'm anchoring in i'm gonna just witness this clearing happen and actually get this thing out and they did and they closed it but still she was like i'm moving anyway i was like you should you should do that you should move um she did but it was not pleasant at all for anyone involved i just want the reason i share that one is yeah it was really kind of scary and i didn't like it but that is basically the only time it's ever really happened where something i was like this is bigger than me and i need my guides to really handle this situation mm-hmm. they will give me backup and support with you know spirit pullings disconnecting you know attached energies whatever but it's rare. So if you're viewing things from a scary lens, the chances of it actually being so scary that you are powerless to it or, you know, not as powerful as it are slim to none, like very, very small. So I just want to highlight that for anyone listening. Like if it did sound scary, it was if you're not awake to it, it was if you don't understand your own power, etc. cetera. Um, but as far as it actually being something where you're like, this is beyond me, it's chances are good it may never even happen like I put myself in those situations as a professional doing this otherwise it probably never would occur so just to highlight that yeah you can set firm boundaries if you want to like if I see a negative thing or a demon or whatever my reaction these days is what do you need me to know I don't feel like being scared right now just tell me like what I need to correct here because that's how I perceive most of interactions that come along with that energy yeah i fully agree with that very much so um yeah so those are some of our spooky stories um if you want to share some of your spooky stories you can comment on the youtube we would love to hear it or if you join our patreon and you just want to share in there um we'd love to hear some of those too and your perception when it happened versus your understanding of it now that is the big Mm -hmm. thing to share with that so please share that with your story um if there's any like really exceptional ones from the patreon we'll probably read them out or something because all about shifting perspective think that's super super cool um yeah do we want to do our bookend before we answer our question yeah yeah um so what did you read this month okay I read one book I love so much I love it enough that it has made the bookshelf so for those of you who don't know I have a book buying rule I will buy it digitally or rent it digitally if I really really love it then I will buy it hardback and it'll actually get placed on my bookshelf so then I'm supporting the author twice and the work I really love twice um, and it matters a lot to me I don't just buy paper books basically at all because um that takes up shelf space and I don't have much of that um plus it becomes more of like a curated collection which I really appreciate so this one made the bookshelf so I read one book that made the bookshelf and I read one book that I could do a dissertation about how many ways it made me angry and how disappointed I am in the series as a whole so (laughs) um the first book that I finished was The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy it's the one that made the bookshelf the way okay it's a romance i went into it expecting a romance i love books that are high vibration and therefore make a commentary on some part of our actual life even if they're in a fantasy world this is a fantasy world very fantasy has its own lore has its own pantheon of gods it's really really cool it's really well for a standalone novel like The world building is pretty immaculate and awesome. And it's a romance between an undertaker and basically kind of like a bounty hunter sort of situation um, that's hunting. He's a demigod and he's like hunting these things called drudges, which are essentially kind of like zombies. Um, I picked it up because I'm like, spooky season. It'll be spooky. It's not. It's not even remotely that, but I love it with all of my heart. It made me sob uncontrollably multiple times. It made me laugh out loud quite a bit. Every single character in it is fabulous. Um, Very grumpy sunshine sort of energy going on. But the way it handles, talks about, and um, it demonstrates death and how dead should be honored and the energy of passing and what it's like, it was so beautifully done. Just I was just like, yes, like it's it's very rare you find a book that talks about death in a way that is very high vibration and channeled in and that sort of thing, if that makes sense. A lot of times it's like mm-hmm. the worst thing that happens to a character and they use it as a plot device, whatever. This was not that. And it was beautiful. And I appreciated it very, very much so. Because again, she's an undertaker. She buries people. Like That's her yeah. job. You know, um, 
and just with the rituals that they have in place and the hymns that everyone gets to sing even if they don't have an identity and all these it's just really cool i highly recommend it um mm-hmm. it's awesome and it's made bookshelf it's a new comfort book for sure that's so cool also they love dogs throughout the whole book oh. there's a threat of just loving dogs so well i'm definitely gonna be reading that one probably mm-hmm. put that on my list for this month you really yeah. should it just made my heart so happy and it was very um mature relationships lots of communication like it was really cool i really just mm-hmm. appreciated it uh lots of like dealing with daddy issues sort of stuff too throughout the book and it was just mm-hmm. neat um the other book is i read the second book in the poppy war trilogy and i loved the first book i loved mm-hmm. the first book i thought the first book was really well done and i understand that the entire trilogy is kind of how would a person become a villain in this type of situation Mm -hmm. the first book handled shamanism and like eastern religion in a really really cool way as opposed to like western religion like there was just really cool elements of that the very start of the second book i was immediately like oh no i'm gonna hate this and it never got it devolved it devolved half of the book Mm -hmm. you just the main character does nothing but whine about herself and like I'm not trying to give any spoilers necessarily but it never really gets better like she totally messes up at every twist and turn she is very narcissistic the entire time of poor her poor her poor her poor her like even when she does something and does get this back and does it's still poor her she is absolutely horrible at her job and no one seems to care all of the other characters do everything for her and she gets no like it's just it's so bad and then when it ended all I could say was I looked at Wes and I was like I'm not reading this third one because we were reading it together and he was like oh thank god because I really don't want to read it either there's no way to save it and quite honestly to me and I know a lot of people love the series if you love it by all means rock on it's trauma porn Mm. it's trauma porn they do everything possible to this girl to cause trauma like and it's to the point where it's like oh that's why she becomes a villain and i hate that that notion that you've been so abused that now you become evil i don't like that at all Mm -hmm. also if you are becoming evil she still has this weird like i'm trying to make the character relatable thing where she'll be like she makes this evil move and then she feels bad about it for 30 pages and it's like that's i hate that i hate it i hate it so much so either like commit and be like this is why i'm evil the world is horrible and this is the decision i decided to make and honor it or don't but like this whole because she was so much trauma and abuse happened to her that's what made her like i just can't with that so mm-hmm. yeah i was very disappointed and yeah. she ruined the best character which was not the main character in this book totally got ruined for it so yeah mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of the characters aren't consistent either, which I just, I hate when characters aren't consistent, where it's like, you just kind of threw them in as to get the main character going forward instead of like making them have their own consistency and growth. And yeah. So that one will not make the bookshelf DNF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I read a book by the same author this month. You did. I read, I read Babel, uh-huh. um, but it's, you know, it's referred to as Babel for most of it because the, uh, the, it takes place in Brits. the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think okay there were there were things I liked about it but overall I I was not entertained um and I I think had I not lost an entire credit to audible <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't have finished but I was like I need to get through till until I have another credit anyway I'm going to keep listening so I I really enjoy the footnotes aspect of it there were footnotes and they had like a different voice actor do the footnotes. And there's a lot of like my English major heart and my uh, magician heart was very satisfied by how they they made, it was magical realism in the best expression. It was so well done. I had to think, oh my God, wait, was that historical or was that Liberty? Um, I love that. I think it was also a really great exercise in checking your biases. Uh, because there are so many characters from different perspectives and backgrounds and, and nations in a time where that was really uh, important. And I think mm-hmm. it's still very important. So I found myself having to really think twice and think maybe a third time and look at it from, look at something that I took for granted from a different lens. So I really liked the growth that I was able to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was, it's very, I don't even want to say linear. It just, it was, flat line as far as plot excitement goes 
And it didn't get fun until about seven hours were left in the 21 hour audiobook. And even then it was like, ah, oh, never mind. Like, ugh. And it's it's more political intrigue slash thriller than anything. And that's fine. I actually, I myself last year wrote something that's a little bit more political than action. But there wasn't enough in it that made me think, okay, this was really worth it. I feel like I know the characters. I feel like whatever. I didn't feel connected to the characters at all. And when it would switch POVs just occasionally to give random background to another character, which I think was useful, but I think it could have been done more cleverly. Um, I, I found myself annoyed because now we've just sidetracked and I have to get through this whole section before I can get back onto the story, not for love of the story, but for progress. And so, you know, so I, I think it's really cool. The hype for it had me really excited, you know, as someone who really loves diving into ancient texts and that, that whole situation, this was like the revolution of the translators. I wanted that. And it, it wasn't, I wanted, a, I think a little bit more magic maybe would have drawn me in enough or whatever. But again, I think the magic system is the, the most cleverly played aspect of the book. So it's just not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. And I do have a hard copy of it because I bought it on a whim thinking there's no way I'm not going to like this book. So I'll be able to donate that to someone probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Like her writing style was good. I just think she mm-hmm. lost track. Like I, yeah. I really just just lost track of things, and she takes on big topics, which mm-hmm. is so admirable. And she can; she has mm-hmm. the knowledge, which is super cool. Um, yeah. The engagement could Ish. use a little bit more to make sure that yeah. that message does stick with people. And again, if you loved the Poppy Wars, by all means, love it to your heart's content. Yep. I just same with Babel. Yeah. Also, like also the shamanism aspects just ended up being all over the place, and I. Mm-hmm. like that yeah. it was really well done for the first book the first book is where the series ended in my opinion mm-hmm. we'll just it's a standalone <laughs> it's a standalone awesome and now i just started um the very secret society of irregular witches and so far Ooh. it is so cute and i love it hey. so excited for that i'm about um, to start the odyssey the odyssey translated by emily wilson I'm very excited about that. I have a, a six and a, oh, like a six hour drive. I'm moving in case anybody couldn't figure that out by the fact that I'm not in front of my usual background. I am moving yes. this weekend. And so I've been holding out because it's a six hour drive. So I'm like, what's a roughly six hour long audiobook that'll get me through the drive? And this is going to be the one I choose. Oh, that's fun. I'm excited for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So just a quick answer to the questions that we have, because we have these two questions that we're kind of going to lump together. Um, The first one, and again, both these come from the Patreon. um, The first one is basically do, I'm going to field this just to Krista. (laughs) Does Krista um, have any resources you'd recommend for getting a solid foundation and understanding astrology, like different types, meanings of each sign, houses, transit, et cetera. I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions and generalizations out there, especially on social media. And I feel like I have some gaps in my understanding that are stopping me from really being able to draw meaning from my chart. So I have um, none. Krista, go. Yeah, I've got tons. So uh, things I recommend, I do have a course out there. If you don't want to like dive like neck deep into astrology right away, but you want to be able to make sense of your chart as far as social media is concerned. So you know what to do with it when people start (laughs) saying like, oh no, it's eclipse season. And you're like, well, what does that mean for me? Truly the most frequent comment you'll get on an astrology post is here's my unique specific placement. What does that mean for me? And I can't do that on every social media post. So I made a course that helps you understand at least what that means for you if you're not interested in getting a full reading or or consultation with an astrologer such as myself. So the course is there. It's a a great option. I'm going to be revamping and and adding to it. And I won't like, I won't make it make you have to pay again or anything like that. I just want to make it better because I've learned more since then. Um, But it's totally adequate, especially for social media astrology right now. I also recommend listening to this podcast primarily what you're going to get from this podcast is a Hellenistic perspective. That is the Greco-Roman um, version of astrology that was evolved from the um, Byzantine era. And it's just because that's the the furthest back we can go with written texts that we can use. So that's why I like it because it's as traditional as traditional can get right now. You also have to uh, look into what version of astrology speaks to you because I like the old stuff because I like source stuff. 
but there's evolutionary, there's Vedic, which is also source stuff, but an entirely different mindset. Um, so I, I recommend researching it. And a really great way to do that is um, Chris Brennan has a podcast called the Astrology Podcast. He comes from a primarily Hellenistic background, but he interviews a ton of people from across the board. So I recommend looking at the backlog of the Astrology Podcast and checking into that. If you find that you really enjoy the Hellenistic technique, then I recommend uh, Demetra George, who does a lot with that. You can also go to astrologyuniversity.com and they, they have a ton of courses. Kepler College also has a ton of courses. What you have to be aware of though, is those are individual courses, not strung together in a school of thought. So you'll get modern astrology mixed with evolutionary astrology, mixed with Hellenistic astrology. So I, I definitely recommend first step being which school of astrology appeals to you, get really foundationally acquainted with it, and then start understanding the more holistic picture. Um, but yeah, uh, ask me any questions about that on TikTok and I'll do a series on it too. And I'll, I'll kind of give you the download on that. Great, good resources. Oh, also, um, a great idea is to get a good chart program and there are apps and stuff that are good, but I highly recommend either Astro Gold, which is like a $10 app and a really robust program on the computer. They're separate. Um, or Luna Astrology, which is cloud-based. So you have a website, you save that onto your home screen and it's always the same across the board, which I really like. It's also super aesthetically pleasing. And I do have like a 10% discount code affiliate link thing for that in the bio, uh, the bio link on any of my, um, any of my social profiles. So you can get 10% off of what's already a really nicely affordable program. And I actually do work with the creator of that program to implement new techniques and new calculations into it. So it's continuously growing and I'm really excited to be a part of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it. I just go to Kristen and say, tell me what my planets are doing. And honestly, I love that. That's what I live for. So if you want to just go to Krista and say, Hey, I want a consultation. Tell me what the planets are doing, please. I'm here. Uh -huh. Perfect. Um, the second question, we're just going to touch on this really quick because we are going into the next eclipse. Um, yeah. Looking at, when we say looking at the energy, would you mind explaining about how you tune into that energy? I usually use my cards to get an idea of what's coming up, but I'd like to practice tuning about them. Thank you both. Um, when I look at the energy, I quite literally mean, look at it. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I look at the energy <laughs> with my eyeballs, either my internal eyeballs or my external eyeballs, depending upon where I'm looking, and then interpret it from there. The biggest thing is when we say that we're looking at the energy, what we are really talking about is we are using our unique clair senses to get information from either astrological components or, you know, um, the energy of something or whatever it is. So we are using, I use a lot of claircognizance, obviously a lot of clairvoyance. I genuinely am looking at it with my eyes um, mm -hmm. and a lot of clairaudience. And then with a little bit of backup of the clairsentience, which is that physical feeling, just to give me validation when I've really hit on something, I get really warm or I get pressure in my forehead, like smacking right here. Um, so when we say we look, we actually mean it. You can just know it. You can feel it. You can taste it. You can smell it. I mean, there's a million, there's, you know, all of the different senses and how those present for you. So the biggest thing is to understand which clair senses are your strongest. I've done many series of that on TikTok. We've also talked about that on this podcast of different clair senses. So go back and listen to that. Mm -hmm. If you're confused we do about it. In it. The forgotten storytellers. <laughs> we really, in the forgotten storytellers, we really get connected to what your specific abilities are. We activate your abilities. We release tons of blocks. We do tons of stuff that way. Um, so that's how you can kind of tune in more based on your natural clair sense. Do you have any other thing to add to that? Um, yeah, so all of that, because I do that as well. The reason I got into astrology was because it really validated my senses. So I mm -hmm. was like, oh, look, this corresponds with um, a, a transit and I can now see more or see like further ahead and get even more nitpicky mm -hmm. about it, which is in my nature. Um, so to add to everything you said, I do look it's at the energy. In my nature. Sorry, it that was cute. so <laughs> in my nature. Um, yes, I, I am that person. Um, so to add to just like looking at the energy and I do like clairsentience, I just know and it'll spit out or I'll look at the energy around and be like, that's doing something. But I can uh -huh. also look at the chart and I use the planets as guides. So when I'm reading a chart, 
if I'm looking at the week ahead and like, I know that I, I might not look at every single transit if I were just looking into the energy of the week ahead. Um, but with astrology, I'm looking at every single transit. So the inverse of that is I will look at the transit and I'll say, Hey, Mars and Mercury, what's the conversation between you guys right now? And I'll listen to it and I'll say, okay, so this is what it's going to look like for the world. I can see where that energy is. I can see that conversation you guys are having. Here's where I see it playing out. That's me feeling into the energy. But for people, because I like to bring it into like, what are you supposed to do about this transit this week? You're still going to feel it. You may not be in a position of power or influence, but you're still going to feel it. So that's what my um, little astrology overviews every week are kind of about. And the transit skits, the, the moon's delineation at the end is usually me channeling in. This is the energy. Now, what do I tell people to do in order to use this so that they can feel like they are in control and held? in you know taking action along with this energy feeling validated and all that stuff so it really is looking at that knowing the archetypes really well but then also saying of the numerous archetypes of venus is this money is this art is this relationship is this socializing is this whatever and so it's kind of like when you use a card i'll i'll know that venus has this feel to her and what she's saying like what's what's the topic of her conversation in this situation and so it really is a blend. And a lot of astrologers will tell you that a blend of intuition is really helpful. Um, and some astrologers really think that this is its own science. So it doesn't need as intuition as much. I, of course, am someone who thinks both and is good. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening and asking us questions. Yeah. And again, we would love to hear your spooky stories and how you dealt with them then or feel about them then, how you feel about them now. Um, again, YouTube would be great for that. Or you can, if you're in the Patreon, put it there. Feel free to join our Patreon. We'd love to have you mm -hmm. in that space. Um, and also just thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. We appreciate it. If you have friends that you think would benefit from it, please let them know. <laughs> we like also, expanding. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, really quickly. For the, the eclipse that's happening on the 8th, I am posting on TikTok more details on that. There are more details in the astrology overview on our YouTube, but just know this has a T-square associated with it between the moon, Uranus, Mercury, the sun, uh, Venus, and Saturn. And so there's a lot of relationship tension and change coming. So speaking mm -hmm. of looking into the energy of it, just know that there's a big fracturing kind of energy where something that needs to break so you can move on is ready to break so you can move on and that might not be the most comfortable break but it is going to be sort of <laughs> this is looking into the energy right now you can see it on my face it's going to be a release and a relief after the fact even though you might feel a little bit bad for being relieved about it hmm. one of those kinds of situations if, if you know what i mean so just know that wherever this eclipse is happening for you in your chart it may be super noticeable especially if it's angular in your chart it may not be that noticeable and you'll just like, that was every November 8th ever. Thanks for getting me hyped up for nothing. That's totally fine too. There will be horoscopes on my TikTok that will tell you where in your life you might notice this. But I just want to be totally clear about that. This is one of the most heightened uh, things that we're experiencing in 2022. So just know if it's going nuts right now, it's supposed to be. You're doing it right. You're not messing up anything just because chaos is ensuing. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Thank you all so much. We know we kind of went over time this time, but this was a super fun one. We also have so many more spooky stories. So we'll have to probably do another episode of this yeah. at some point. Um, but yes, thank you all so much. Um, we hope you have a good eclipse week and you go make some, go magic. Make some magic. Oh, we did it. I'm going to say we was did it. it. Okay, do. Yes. <laughs> okay. Bye.